You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. episode of the JCN Clinic podcast show. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. I'm Paige. (laughs) We did that seamlessly. I love it. And we're coming to you from all different areas. I'm down in Victoria. Carissa is, well, Carissa and Paige are both in Queensland, but in different parts of Queensland. And this is our, I think this is our first three-way where we've all been in different areas because when we've done this before, at least you guys have been together, right? Yeah. Yeah. So COVID has pushed us into into trialing out some new audio situations and hopefully it all goes okay. Um, and hopefully the internet, ugh, I know last time we did this, the internet was a little bit problematic, so fingers oh, crossed. The internet shit at this time of the day. I like, know. Usually the NBN just completely drops out, so I'm actually waiting for it to happen. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, usually sometime between like nine, eight thirty, nine o'clock, and ten thirty, I just it all drops out. See, that's weird that you get that because we it's getting a bit better, but we had the same issue, and it was always the same time in the morning. Like, why? I'm sure someone's listening, probably going, on, "This is why." Are you guys on NBN down there though? Like, what are you on? Yeah, we are. Although then yeah, we yeah. we had to change as well because we're having so many problems, and now I think we're going off a phone tower, but. I don't know, it confuses me. But I know I've that it was my, like the same time every week. I mean, yeah, every day. I've got my phone in case I need to like hotspot, but it just seems to just, it just all of a sudden, it's just like it just drops out. And at first I thought it was just like our like modem or router. I don't know, just how techy I, I am. But <laughs> I just used to run up and like try and turn it on and off. But it's got nothing to do with that. I just think it's just like all of a sudden it has a system freak out and just shuts down. I wonder if it's because so many people are using online services at the moment. Yeah, I reckon. That's probably, I reckon too, it's probably the time everyone sits down who's working from home to start working around that yes. mark, yeah. 839 mark. So that's what I reckon. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Glad you guys all give a massive shit about our issue. <laughs> <laughs> if you're still listening. <laughs> if you're listening, we've actually got something good to talk about. But... So today we're talking about navigating emotional and wayward eating. So what that really encompasses is a lot, actually. So we're going to be talking about the emotional side of um, eating patterns being quite out of balance. And we, we actually want to talk about how that plays into a pretty awesome online workshop that Paige is offering at the moment. But we also want to talk about other elements that can get tied into this that may have an emotional component, but also can be driven by what's actually going on within the body. So there doesn't always need to be an emotional element. It can come down to things like hormones and sometimes even what's going on in your gut and maybe things around how you're training or exercising. So it's kind of multifactorial, but um, I thought it was quite a topical point at the moment because of the fact that everyone is spending so much time in their home and our 
our routines have been thrown out as to what they would have been a month or so ago. And a lot of people are, are talking already about, and there's a lot of, we think we've talked about this in some of our lives, the sort of funny memes that are going around about just what to eat and when to drink and having the morning wine or beer at 11 a.m. in the morning and it's just all <laughs> over the shop. <laughs> That's it. So, Did you already do that before COVID, Carissa? <laughs> I'm a day drinking pro from way back. <laughs> I invented day drinking. <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> I invented sunrise beers and day drinking. <laughs> uh, classic. Uh, so to get started, um, to throw the ball at, at yourself, Paige, um, in, and I know it's sort of like such a huge area, but what do you see as some of the common, I guess, whether we use the word pitfalls or or maybe the, the, the common habits that tend to happen with people falling into emotional eating to start with so i by that i guess i mean more driven by our emotions or perhaps even mental health um to sort of use that phrase yeah i think um as you said at the start jess it's 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 a big topic i guess and it's kind of multifactorial but i think due to what's been happening lately as well like there are a lot of emotions going around. It's a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, a lot of unknown and uncertainty for people. So I think that's when people tend to turn to food because it's it's a comfort and it's something that we all know and it's something that, you know, we we do it every day, we eat every day anyway, but it's sort of just like it's one of those things that we know from our experience it has brought us joy. So we, we kind of lean back on it when we when we feel uncertain or you feel stressed or anxious or emotional for whatever reason. And it's it's satisfying and it's quick. So I think it's, um, you know, all of those things intertwined just, you know, lead us to having the perfect kind of thing at our fingertips that we can grab whenever we need to. So um, I think that's something that's probably – yeah, especially lately as well has kind of popped up for people. And I think, you know, we really haven't been taught how to process our emotions very well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, you know, we've we've never really been taught how to sit with our emotions and how to process them and, and what they mean. Like, yeah, some of us do and to some degrees we all do, but then – it gets to a point where it all gets too much or it gets too hard or it's too overwhelming. And then, you know, our brains always just look for an easy way out of anything. And that's just human nature. Like that's, that's no one's fault. It's not um, anything to be, or to like, to say negatively about it, but it's just the way our brain is wired. We just think what's the easiest way out of this. And, and for most of us, that's turning to food to kind of fill that, void or feel that gap if that makes sense it's kind of just like basic neurochemistry like when you just Mm -hmm. lay it out and just take the actual um, emotion that we attach to food out of it like the basic neurochemistry is is if we're feeling oh god fred found a way in (laughs) 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 oh my gosh it's a human (laughs) bear is what it is must have left the upside, outside door, upstairs door open. Don't come, don't sit down. Fuck. Anyway, um, 
So basically, like just basic neurochemistry is that if we're feeling down and we're feeling like, um, you know, our routines are thrown out of whack, like the, like you know, you're saying the word comfort or just, you know, that sort of thing is like what people will go for. But when you just even look at it from like just a, uh, you know, like a neurochemical point of view, like the easiest thing for us to do is try and get a feeling of, you know, satisfaction, a feeling of reward, and that, you know, gives us that boost of, you know, feeling better. And that's just like, you know, your dopamine and your serotonin on that real basic level. If food is associated with as a as a reward in the brain, in the brain centres or anything like that, then it's an easy fix to make us feel better, right? like which is a good thing a lot of the time because it should be associated with good things but sometimes it gets out of control (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely exactly and I think that's yeah that's really interesting as you're just saying Chris about those playing into those sort of pathways and in some ways like a, a reward system or those feelings of pleasure around food like particularly with dopamine and in a lot of ways, like when that's happening in a positive cycle, that's great. it can be great and fun. And it's, it's, it's a huge part of why we love food. Um, of course, like it's, you know, besides the sensory um, feed that we get from enjoying like taste and smell and so forth, it can be that like firing of, of dopamine. However, what we see at the moment a lot of but also I would say of course a lot just in the clinic is when that whole feedback loop sort of becomes more associated with negative feelings and emotions so it's a lot of what you were just talking about Paige like those reward systems with food and so forth where we're getting that we're getting that um, positive hit but then mentally we're having a negative self-talk about that behavior. So it becomes like this like negative cycle. And there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of then beating the self up because of having those foods, enjoying those foods in that moment, and then berating yourself because you had those foods and you had those good feelings. And it becomes this like cycle that just repeats itself. Mm. So I mean, do you guys, I'm, I'm sure you see that quite a bit even prior to us all being in ISO and people being at home more and having a lot of food around in general more. They're not having sort of packed lunches to take away and their snacks. But even just prior to all of this, I'm sure you guys saw that even in I think clinic. I just, yeah, prior to this, it like, like, like I'm not I'm not like overeating um like I think like I know I spend a lot of time just even talking to my clients like once they've got their diet healthy even just you know healthy inverted commas like we'll just use that term loosely as well but like there's there's just this and I don't know if it's just the way we're programmed from a young age but um like food just seems to be like even just the way sometimes the language is used around food when you're young, the way you're sort of taught to sit at a table and eat until your plate's finished, not until you're actually full. Like there's just so many things that I think we're pre-programmed with food um, almost incorrectly, if that makes sense. And then it's almost like I know I spend a lot of time with my clients sometimes like once we've got the foundations of eating right and all of that, then a lot of it then comes back to mindset around food. Um, and that's, I think, probably just as challenging sometimes um 
like mindset around like you know like how much you know how much you're eating why you're eating Mm. I don't know. So it's a really, it's a very, very tricky area. Um, so I guess to get into too, and a lot of the times, you know, there is times where I go expose for like I would even ask my clients to reach out to psychologists and stuff like that. Like just, um, but yeah, like I think, yeah, definitely. I think it's, it, this is just like COVID's just kind of highlighted it all because mm. everyone's routines being sort of thrown for shit, and everyone's at home and food's just the fridge is just the easiest thing to go to, whether you're bored or whether you're just trying to get through your day or break up your day. So all of a sudden, you know, everyone's you know, potential like good eating routines have been thrown out of whack. But I think even way before COVID, like, you know, this is something that, you know, I've spent heaps of time and I know you guys have as well, just even counselling your clients just around like the right types of foods with the right portions and the right amounts and not eating for comfort or eating for emotional reasons or eating till you're so over full that, you know, like you're, you're mm. stuffed and you're tired. Like there's just so much psychologically there for us as humans that I think is ingrained into us way before this bloody virus hit. <laughs> so true. Mm. So true. And yeah. in, in that regard, particularly with the online workshop that you're offering, Paige, without giving, <laughs> giving away everything because there's obviously so much in it, but with everything that we've been talking about and particularly what Chris was just saying, what are some of the tools that you tend to use in this space to help people? Because, again, as Chris was just saying, you know, there's so many factors involved, but a lot of them, it's it's not so simple as always just understanding how to eat well and, and the portions and so forth. Like that's definitely so important, but as she was saying, there's a huge psychological side and bringing on um, help in that area. But in regards to your passion in this area and particularly with the, the workshop itself, what are some of the, the sort of areas that you tend to cover? Yeah, I think it Yeah, definitely is, like Carissa said, a big mindset thing. And I think most of us have been brought up in a way where, you know, rules and things around food are programmed into us from such a young age and we tend to you know carry those through through to adulthood because we've never really you know sat with ourselves to question whether or not we still believe in that or whether or not we still want to practice those things so I think yeah and I guess with my clients I do, I get them to do like a lot of reflection and I get them to, you know, I send them away with worksheets and questions and things like that to getting, to get them to tune into their body and to get to tune into their hunger and their fullness and, and what does hunger actually physically feel like for them? Because I think sometimes we don't actually, don't actually know how, you know, where we feel our hunger or, you know, are we actually really hungry or are we just kind of like Carissa said, looking for that quick hit quick satisfaction to help us kind of keep going through the day so yeah there's a lot of that um there's a lot of you know tuning in to know when you've had enough are you still hungry can you you know sit with yourself for five minutes and focus on something else rather than food and then if you are still hungry after you know five ten minutes yeah go back and eat something but sometimes it's not really that kind of innate hunger it's just it's boredom or it's an emotion that you're trying to suppress that you don't want to deal with, or it's something else, you know, work that you don't want to go back to whatever it is. So yeah, that's something um, that I work through a lot with clients and just getting them to, I guess, 
yeah, answer some of these questions or prompts or things like that that I give them. Obviously, this is all um, going to be in the workshop as well. Like there's lots of like reflections and questions and things like that that we go through so that people actually feel like they're learning how to do this and how to incorporate um, these tools into their day-to-day life and also um, like scaling is a really big one. I think I, we spoke about this on a live once, Jess, but that, you know, hunger and fullness scale and where are you on that scale and, you know, do you really need to eat or is there something else that you need to do to satisfy yourself mm. um, and to give you that pleasure? So, and everyone's so different, obviously, like it's not a, it's not a one size fits all approach. Like with anything that we do, everyone is so different. So that's, that's how we approach it in clinic with each individual client and kind of, you know, I think all of us have been in clinic enough to know now which approach is going to, f- mm. to fit which client. And like Carissa said, which, which clients we do need to refer on to counsellors because even myself, like I'm not a counsellor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not an expert in that area. So I feel like it's really important to know when we need to refer. So I think we've all gotten, we've all gotten good at doing that in clinic as well because we can only help up into a point as well. Yeah. I think, um, and even just like with all that stuff you're saying too, like even just behind the scenes, like from a, like a, you know, like a hormone perspective, there's some really, you know, fundamental that we can help practitioners. Like obviously there's the emotional part that we can help with to a degree before we refer on to a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a counsellor, like whatever sort of outsourcing we need to do there to kind of help our clients get, get to the stage where they can become really in tune with their bodies and in tune with their eating. But just even going back from all of that, like there's some real fundamental things like we've got ghrelin, we've got leptin, mm. we've got insulin. So we've got all of these hormones and receptors in the gut and, you know, um, blood sugar regulation that also impacts all of this. So sometimes that someone's saying, you know, they're hungry like an hour after eating a meal. Sometimes, yeah, it is emotional and it is boredom, but sometimes it's a, you know, an underlying hormonal imbalance as well. So that's obviously too where we come in as practice and you can, once you get that sort of, that side of it sorted for people, like, like you know, once you get ghrelin and leptin and insulin sorted for people, like then it really just then becomes a bit of an emotional habit, you know, yeah. psychological aspect that, that, that you're then dealing with when it comes to, you know, overeating or boredom eating or... yeah. that kind of stuff that's so so true and carissa with that like how just i think it's an interesting one for people listening how would you tend to differentiate between what's going on there if someone comes into the clinic and they're having problems in this area of not of sort of feeling like they've got these wayward eating patterns like how would you identify okay is it this going on or are you actually having a, a leptin issue here per se um i think it's probably more just very careful questioning around it like obviously looking at the structures of the meals that people are eating like for example like i'm going to say like let's just give a basic example of someone who says to me like i have breakfast and you know like i'm constantly just eating throughout the day i just constantly graze i'm always bloody hungry it doesn't matter what i do i'm always hungry and i'm Mm. like okay cool explain to me what you're eating so nine times out of ten like we'll go through that we'll go through that with a very you know very you know, careful sort of structure and find out portions and all of that. 
more often than not, if it's leptin, ghrelin and insulin related, like if there's stuff going on there, you can straight up see from a macro balance point of view that they're probably not hitting the marks with certain um, certain macros. Um, obviously, people who, you know, probably miss the mark with their protein for breakfast and just have something like, say, a bowl of oats, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with a bowl of oats, but it is, it's just, a bit, it's a, it's a complex carbohydrate hit on the body, which is great. It's not, at least it, it's better than... Uh, bloody red popsicle <laughs> but we're still, ha- we're still having we're still causing an insulin spike you know what i mean and then without that sort of you know protein and fat to kind of you know help how that carbohydrate or that insulin responds in the body then you quite often see like leptin and ghrelin start to um you know be a bit out of whack and that's when people say like i eat like i had this massive bowl of you know oats for breakfast and i've got Pear, like stewed pears on it and I've got cinnamon I've got honey like it's a it's a big meal how can I be hungry an hour mm. later you know what I mean I'm like okay well that's when we actually have these little receptors in our gut and I just call them like the little food grounds mm-hmm. and they're actually just kind of growling for more food because you haven't you haven't satisfied them mm-hmm. from a functional perspective in terms of what they need to respond appropriately and accordingly to a meal. So, so kind of just think about them. I just explain to my clients like little hungry gremlins. And if you don't <laughs> give them the balance that they need in terms of a meal, they're just going to scream out for more food. And then that's when we see, you know, people setting themselves up for that really bad, um, like cycle feeding where they're just eating and grazing constantly throughout the day. So realistically like insulin's never balanced correctly throughout the day so leptin and ghrelin don't function properly either so that's probably a roundabout way of answering that but (laughs) yeah but it's kind of like you know like for me looking at those sort of three hormones just from a you know a functional perspective a lot of it comes back to what people are doing um in on a day-to-day basis um how they're eating the structures of what they the types of foods that they're eating how they're putting their meals together are they allowing the appropriate time in between main meals i think you know like the, that whole old school thing of you need to eat every two to three hours like that got shot to shit freaking years ago as mm. soon as these people started understanding actually how insulin behaves in the body and how you know leptin and ghrelin and all of those these hormones and receptors and stuff behave like if you're gonna be eating every two to three hours and having those six small meals which i think is what mainstream you know medicine told us to do back in the day Mm. you're really just setting yourself up for insulin issues Mm -hmm. down the track like some some people may respond very well to that and people who are probably a lot more athletic and have a very high energy demand Mm. potentially yes but for the lay day person like the rest of us that aren't out running freaking 30 k's a day we don't need to be eating six meals a day we need our insulin and we need our leptin and our ghrelin to behave themselves (laughs) and we need to eat foods that you know make that happen so Beyond that, then I suppose is where you actually get into what's actually habit and emotional eating once that's sorted out. Mm. Yeah. And I think too, like um, that was such an awesome explanation. Um, (laughs) And I think the other like the other side of it or like to flip the coin or whatever you want to say is that people sometimes, and I see this a lot in clinic when I work with clients who have had, um, you know, potential disordered eating habits or relationship issues. you know, relationship with food issues is that they they eat something that they think they should. So they sit down and they have lunch and it's a big salad and they think, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm eating in inverted commas what I should be eating. But then they're, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, they're like, I'm still hungry. Mm. I want to have something else, you know, and then they have like something to snack on, like an apple. And it's all like all this healthy, amazing food. But again, like Carissa said, it's not, you know, you're you're missing out on maybe things like carbs or fats, or there's not enough protein in there. So your body's just like, it's not going to feel 
full or satisfied or get those signals to the brain that yes I'm satisfied I'm happy I can stop eating and you keep just you know if someone's trying to be again in inverted commas or quote-unquote good they just keep kind of reaching for those foods that aren't really satisfying because all they want is a chocolate chip cookie or a chocolate mm-hmm. bar and it's like just have the chocolate bar just have the chocolate chip cookie because if you don't then if you're if that's what you're really craving and that's what your body's really you know you really feel like that's that's all that's going to satisfy you then just have it rather than going through having 10 different small meals until you just finally probably give in and have that you know, cookie or chocolate bar or whatever it is. Um, and you've eaten like twice the amount of food as you really needed to. Um, and I guess, yeah, that, that does take practice to do that because I think, you know, we're so kind of trained or, you know, we think that we should always do the right thing by eating again, good, healthy foods. But sometimes if we're, and it doesn't even have to be, you know, a you know, a chocolate bar or a cookie. It could be anything. It could be a sandwich that you really want, but you're just having a salad without the bread. Mm. Just eat the damn bread because you're <laughs> gonna feel you're gonna feel so much better, satisfied, and especially in your mind as well. Like your mind is gonna feel so much more at ease. You're gonna feel full. Your body's gonna be satisfied. You're gonna be, you know, probably having all those macronutrients in there. So you just you're gonna be so much better for it. So rather than just thinking that you're doing the right thing by you know, eating, yeah, exactly. Or eating less or not having the X, Y, and Z, just, just have what you're craving and move on and get on with your day rather than beating yourself up about it. And, you know, probably crave, um, caving at the end and just binging. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that's so like, so important. So I think that's where like your workshop's so good because intuitive eating in essence it's kind of exactly that like you know like no one's diet and no one's diet should be a hundred percent in inverted commas quote unquote mm-hmm. all of the time do you know what i mean because that's yeah. how you're setting yourself up for failure yeah it's restriction on a very big freaking level mm-hmm. and when you actually are quite in tune with what your body needs and those hormones that i chatted about before are functioning synergistically You'll have your ebbs and flows of eating. I always bring it back to like sort of that, you know, not a rule, but like that 80-20. Like 80% of the time you'll just want to do the right thing and you'll just innately want to eat the right food for your body and you'll mm. eat at the times that it needs it and you'll eat the balance that it craves and all that. And then that other potentially 20% of the time or whatever the fuck it is for everyone, whoever, <laughs> what I mean, like you'll just, you'll have that chocolate bar, you'll have that burger and you'll just get on with, you just get on with like there's no emotion or guilt or anything attached to that when you become really in tune with what your body needs and, you know, mm-hmm. to eat and just function and get the best out of yourself. So I think that's why, like, your package that you put together and just this course is, yeah, going to be really good for a lot of people because I think so many people miss the mark with that. Like, I think intuitive eating is a term that's just thrown around, like, freaking gratitude and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. around really loosely on social media and just overused, but not many people really get it at a – at a fundamental basic level so Mm. I think you guys have really highlighted too that individualism that plays into all of this but also how so many factors are interwoven so you know these sort of two areas if you could say that we've highlighted already from that hormone interplay through to the emotional habits they're intrinsically connected and this is why if you're finding that you're having issues in this area really unpacking that and working with someone can be 
so beneficial because sometimes it is just one thing in one camp, but often one triggers the other and they become so interwoven. And that's where we love working through that and figuring, okay, there's this, you know, imbalance of dietary intake throughout the day as, as far as just general basic macros, but that as having a profound effect on your hormones and that regulation of insulin throughout the day, we're going to deal with that. But once we look at that, there's probably because of that, some emotional patterns that have developed too. So now we can start looking at that and, and how can we look at working with some real tactile um, changes in, in your daily habits and start looking at how that is going to work with getting you to eat more balanced meals throughout the day. So it's all, it's all interconnected. And that's why I think this topic is, is such a biggie. Um, the other area that I wanted to bring up is gut health. And I know that maybe to some can be like, eh, what's that got to do with it? But one of the areas that I see classically in the space of gut health or poor gut health is um, an effect on appetite. So it tends to swing one of two ways. One is actually a lack of appetite where people's gut health is really poor. And generally with this, again, I'm stereotyping a bit, but there would be a lot of bloating and gas, a lot of constipation. Everything's quite slow and congested. And as a result of all of that bloating and that build up of basically shit and <laughs> stool matter within the gut, there is a lack of appetite. And that comes a lot back to even the receptors that Carissa was mentioning, because essentially if there's a lot of fullness and pressure onto those receptors from food, that's just moving through in the way it should, it can, it just essentially is sending a feedback to the brain. That's just, well, I'm not hungry cause I'm just full and Holy shit. don't feed me anymore <laughs> literally it. so i i see that so much and then when we work on gut health and we get of course the gas down and the bloating down and the bowels moving people will say within and that's what i love about the gut is changes can be relatively quick it can be like three or four weeks in they're like oh my god like i'm hungry like i'm feeling hungry for breakfast hungry for lunch i want to eat these meals and then conversely it can go the other way where people are still experiencing poor gut health symptoms and they may have bloating and wind and all of these classic um, scenarios. But often those people I find tend to have a lot of loose bowel movements and things are moving through really quickly all the time and they tend to have a real um, insane appetite where they feel like nothing they eat satisfies them. So even if it's a balanced, macro-balanced meal – because of the imbalances within the gut and the bacteria and the fermentation and the way their body's responding, often things are rushing through really quickly. They're not absorbing as much as we want them to be from their food to cause um, or to give satiety, but also just even to provide the body and the cells with all of the building blocks that it needs to function. It's like in this deprivation mode where it's like, more, more, I need more. And they have this appetite that just is really hard to navigate. And again, once you start working with their gut and improving their gut function, that tends to come back under control. And yes, there's still an appetite, but it's not insatiable. So it's, 
it's a really common area that I think that we see interwoven with all of this. And of course, because of that, it can trigger emotional responses. And again, because of that, it can have an impact back onto hormones and um, how that gut inflammation is affecting the liver and the interplay of hormone detoxification. So there can be a whole hormonal component that goes back to what Carissa was saying. But I really wanted to bring up the gut because I think it's something that maybe doesn't get thought about as much when it comes to how appetite can be affected. too like I don't want to cut you off but too like just even like with your saying like with just even with the gut like it's you know you can see results in a couple of weeks for people like when we just stepping back and dealing with leptin and ghrelin and insulin you can see changes in a couple of days with those hormones Mm. like it's pretty epic like sometimes people will say to me like how long is this going to take to sort out like blah 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 like do I have to just feel like I'm starving in between meals and I'm like no if you get this shit right Mm. with your meals like we will balance this and I guarantee you in three shouldn't say guarantee but nine times out of ten you can say unless there's other stuff going on like gut stuff that you're talking about like you can you can change how leptin ghrelin and insulin respond within three to five days mm-hmm. like you can True. totally change that around for people just by getting meal meal balances right um and structures right and stuff like that and then yeah and then the gut thing's a whole other thing but like these yeah it's just a big area but That's interesting it. and the other one that um I would say is a really, really quick responder is when people are training a lot, training slash just exercise really, but um, doing a lot as far as output and not eating correctly around that, which we've talked about in other podcasts. But How do people even do that? Like I'm just like... (laughs) But again, people don't understand their macros and and how to eat to really fuel their body correctly. I I love seeing like that's just a pleasure <laughs> clients yeah, that come in. It's that simple. simple for us too to just be like, just do this, yeah. and I guarantee you're going to get so much more out of that training. You're going to feel that's so it. much better post recovery, and but it's, it's instant, right? It's absolutely it's like, oh instant. It's God, just... I feel amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just it's so easy. You know, it's we joke about it because of the complexity of cases we see, but you know, to work with someone who just needs to get their food right around their uh, training and their output like instantly they're just like oh wow like I felt crap yesterday and today I feel great I'm all satisfied and I'm not exhausted and it's just like ah perfect it's like if there was a spectrum in this it'd be that would be the easy end (laughs) and then the end that Paige is kind of talking about is probably the hardest because it's all of our emotional crap Can you guys um, hear me? I feel like yeah, we, we just, can now. Okay. <laughs> I felt yeah. like we just had a drop out. <laughs> yeah, you kind of went into that slow motion. You went a bit fuzzy. <laughs> oh, sweet. That's going to sound good in the recording. It actually was just like a drop of dead space on this end, so that's all right. It was like I was talking to no one. <laughs> I'm not even going to edit it out. I'm going to leave it. <laughs> so to, to really s- summarise... I feel like we've kind of nailed some of those big areas, but is there anything that either of you wanted to mention before we finish up that you feel like we 
haven't really <laughs> hit the nail on the head with. I know I, it's a massive area, but... Because I've got something else to say. <laughs> what is that? Tell us. Share it. I was just going to say too, like it probably would have been, I should have segued into it before we started chatting about the gut because it would have tied off nicely with what Paige and I were talking about with intuitive eating in that space. But I think a big part of like what you'll learn with Paige doing this workshop is that, and I think sometimes like we shoot ourselves in the foot a little bit with our podcast, not in a bad way, but just because obviously we talk about macro balance and we talk about the perfect in inverted commas gut and poop and all of that. And I think it, it kind of, for some people, it creates a bit of confusion that if everything's not like this a hundred percent of the time, then things aren't right. And I think mm. when you actually get into the space where you start to understand what your body needs from a macronutrient point of view and, and you become more in tune with eating when you need to and eating for, you know, your, your hormones and your energy expenditure and that changes all the freaking time then there's no there are no kind of set rules if that makes sense like yes macro macro balance is always at the forefront of what I like say what I'm thinking when I put my meals together but that changes every damn day too mm. do you know what I mean in terms of the type of carbohydrates that I will use like some days I literally just feel like a smoothie and in the morning and it's got half a banana in it mm. and that will hold me until from you know eight o'clock in the morning and it's got some fats and it's got protein it's got all that in it and that will hold me until 11 or 12 o'clock and then I'll have my lunch some days I need you know two bits of my gluten-free sourdough with some eggs and avocado and that's a completely different meal yes mm. it's still balanced it's a completely different meal to a smoothie that's got a banana and a bit of avocado and some protein powder and nut butter and whatever in it and I think the thing that is it's hard to explain until you grasp it yourself and you you are in tune with what your body needs but it's a, it's knowing that it doesn't have to be this set in concrete mm -hmm. way of eating macro balance. I think that's the thing because I obviously have a lot of my clients ask me like, well, I just felt like a smoothie that day, but I know there wasn't enough complex carbs in it and then that stresses them mm -hmm. out. And I'm like, how did you feel when you have that smoothie? No, I felt good from it. Energy, did your energy remain consistent? Yeah, no, it did. What, when did it get you through to, oh, I got me through at about 11 and then I just had a little energy ball and had lunch about one. I'm like, that's completely fine. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's the space where you'll get into with Paige with this workshop is that it's not about set, set, everything set in concrete rules too. It's about when you actually get these hormones balanced behind the scenes and you know what you're doing from an exercise point of view and you know what you need from an energy point of view and you just know what your body needs to fundamentally feel good and get you through the day and keep your energy nice and even. A lot of this rigid structure just falls away because you don't need it you just know yeah. so and I think that's probably something too that I, I work with my clients a lot with is once we've got the macro balance in place and we've got all of that then it's kind of like them pulling a bit of that infrastructure away and letting it work for them as opposed to having this set rigid routine with meals and stuff like that too so yeah so yeah well absolutely said. so well I said. think you yeah I think you, I think you said that perfectly Chris and I think it's you know intuitive or instinctive eating it's yeah. it's about kind of I guess unlearning all the rules or whatever you've learned so far and learning how to trust your own body and to know what works within your own body and yes that's a process and yes it's way easier said than done but that's what we're here and I guess that's what this course is here to guide you through it's about learning what works for your body and your body only and empowering yourself to to just trust in your body and it's a really good opportunity to learn to learn how to do that I think as well because um yeah we're all going to be different day to day and like you said Chris no you know no one day is going to be 
you know, the same as the day before, the same as the day after. It's all going to be different. We're going to have different different needs on every single day. And it's just about honouring that and knowing that that's okay and that's more than okay. It's normal and just knowing how to how to how to eat you know, within, within all of that. And, um, yeah. And, and yeah. also allowing yourself the space to fuck it up once in a while. Exactly. Yeah. We all do. We all do. Like, I don't yeah. hit the nail on the head every single day. Sometimes I'm like, shit, miss, miss the mark with that one. I'm bloody starving. Like, yeah. <laughs> probably should have left that meal so long. I ate too much. Like I feel too full now. And it's just allowing yourself that space to be like, oh, well, just that's just how exactly. it is sometimes. Like, yeah, and don't beat yourself up about it. Like, shit, like we all do it. <laughs> it reminds me we of the days of clinic, which feels so long ago when we had a clinic to go to where yeah. after, I don't know, a lunch or a snack or something, at least a couple of times a week one of us would be like, oh, God, I like ate too much of this or I shouldn't have had that or, you know, oh, my God, I've left it too late. I'm going to fall over if I don't go and shove something in my face. Yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you're weak or that you've lost control or that you're not strong enough or you don't have enough willpower. It's none of those things. It's just that you're human. That's all that it is, is that you're human and not a robot. I'll tell you a good analogy. I often think of well, analogy slash metaphor. I always think of in this area. It was actually when I was learning to drive and having lessons <laughs> with, um, it was, I was a late learner. I didn't get my license until like my early twenties, but I would be doing my lessons and learning everything to the T and then the instructor would hop in and he would drive me back home. And as we we're driving home, I remember he took a corner or just to go into another street and he just did that lazy corner turn that we all do and went kind of over the white line instead of around properly. And I was like, oh, my God, you just went over the white line. He was just like, yeah. He's like, well, I'm allowed to do that because I've learned how to drive. I've learned all the rules. I understand all the rules. And now I'm allowed to break them. And I've never <laughs> forgotten him saying that to me because I think it applies so much to this that whole concept of like when you know what works for you you know your body you know your health and you're really comfortable within that then you can break the rules here and there and it's fine and I just I love it I just was like yes yes you can (laughs) so true my driving instructor just I know we've got to get off like we're gonna need like three minutes but my driving instructor gave me the best piece of advice he was this acdc listening smoking guy who just made me pull over on the side of the road so he could get out and have a fag every like half an hour (laughs) but he's like and he was really cool he was such a dude but he's just like, sweetheart, if I can give you any advice with driving, he's like, it's like, treat everyone else on the road like they're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, if you don't get into too much trouble. <laughs> like, why don't, mate? What is with our driving oh, instructors? Maybe let's good. not apply that one to eating. <laughs> <laughs> don't apply yeah. that. But you just made me think of it then. I was just like, every once in a while, like, oh, yeah, I'm just it. like, I always just keep that in the back of my mind. Sometimes too, when you're just like a little bit lassy daisy driving, you know, you've got shit on your mind, you're like, nah, you have to you have to treat everyone else on the road like they're it's So true. <laughs> Damien says that about riding a bike, like, yeah, motorcyclists are always yeah. like, well, nothing will happen to me because I'm a good motorcyclist. And he's like, yeah, it's 
it's not about you. It's about everyone yeah, else on the road. You've got to see, as a motorcyclist, you have to see every scenario as dangerous. As dangerous. Yeah. I think, I honestly think my, um, my driving instructor was a bikey, to be honest. That's probably where it came from. <laughs> there you go. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe you could apply that to, um, to everyone else who tries to tell you what to eat and just think, yes, oh, they're, they're an idiot. I know what I need to eat. Yes, I love it, Paige. <laughs> this is why you're doing the workshop. <laughs> All right, well, we'll wrap it up there. I, this has been a great, really great chat. Um, so for anyone listening who's just like, wow, this has really spoken to me, the online workshop with Paige, the first one starts on like this Thursday. So you can jump online and sign up for that. Um, it's a four-week workshop, but there will be more being offered. However, if you're keen to jump in, you can jump into this workshop. There are limited spaces. We do like to keep them. What was that? Sorry. Is this podcast going up today? Yep. No pressure. (laughs) (laughs) No, it won't be going up Thursday as per usual because that would defeat the purpose. (laughs) No, this this podcast, people will be listening to this on it's recorded on Tuesday and it will go up on a Tuesday unless something bad happens. But otherwise, yeah, if anyone wants to sign up for that, yeah, again, limited spots, so get in while you can. We've kept it small on purpose to keep it a really intimate space where you can connect with Paige. And talk about everything that we've talked about today with her through her lesson planners. Also, the clinic is still functioning as far as a consultation space, of course. So a lot of the different areas we've talked about today, if that's something that you want to know more about, dive into on an individual basis, you can jump online and and look at the one-on-one consultation. So I'll put links in the show notes to the online workshop. Um, in saying that there are a lot of new online workshops that we're offering. So the link will take you to that page where you'll see there's some really cool interactive cooking classes. Um, there's some really awesome longer packages, obviously the intuitive eating one that Paige is doing, but there's some mental health packaging, um, packaging packages. Um, and then there's some gut health packages as well. So shit together and put together a hormone one. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Chris is going to have an amazing hormone one soon. <laughs> Let's give me some time. That's it. But um, as always, guys, thanks so much for listening. And if you can share this, that would be fantastic. And please subscribe and leave us a review. We love your reviews. But other than that, have a really awesome day. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.